Welcome to the Gals Guide Podcast. Join us on an adventure to get to know famous and infamous women from around the world. Each of our presenters has a pick. Is she ancient history? Is she breaking news? Is she safe for work? Well, that's up to each presenter. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah, and I am joined by Katie, Bonnie, and Josh, and we are sharing our African gal pick. So Bonnie already talked about Huda Sharari, and Josh already talked about Professor Knox. But before we dive back in, I want to get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know, would you prefer to visit the jungles, the desert, the savannas, or the cities of Africa? All to explore. It's a big place mm-hmm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. i would probably say i think it's the savannas i want to see those big crazy trees oh yes yeah there you go the babao trees yeah, like Sweet. all of them they have all kinds of and all the animals cool trees. too <laughs> well kind of like australia <laughs> right right some of them may eat me this is very so, true yeah you know <laughs> so for the trees then <laughs> I like it. There you go. (laughs) I dig it. What do you two think? I'd have to go with deserts. Okay. The desserts? Sorry. Yes. I just, I spell things wrong. So the deserts, yes. And specifically like the ones in Western South Africa and kind of Southern Namibia. Okay. Because that's where... Uh, a lot of cool cactuses. Uh, and stuff I was like, going, grow. why are there specifically cactuses? Got it. Okay. Yeah. Trees, cactuses. You two have met, right? Cool okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. A lot of cool plants. <laughs> cool plants. But are they cactuses that only grow then in a that, lot of that desert? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of endemic mm. uh, plants in that area. Yeah. Gotcha. This isn't the desert rose that Sting talks about, is it? Um, I forget the desert roses are okay because you're a big sting fan i should know i should know that i feel like i could probably tell you i do feel like you probably (laughs) intercepted in your being but yeah no i'll give Uh, you i'll give you some time to figure out that uh that sting knowledge there (laughs) but also um the well witches grow there in that area which they are plants that live for like thousands of Mm. years and there's Uh, just two leaves that come off them and then they get these weird primitive cone looking things on them And just the the sheer uh, just the 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 lineage of those particular plants is really cool because they're they think they originally were adapted to like a more tropical environment before, uh, before it's a desert that became a desert and then they just uh. it learned to adapt to the desert and oh, neat. so there's yeah they're very very crazy little guys I like it. I'll give you time to look up some sting knowledge. Katie, what about you? <laughs> um, if I were a brave person, I would say the jungles. Yeah. Because that would be amazing. But I'm a coward. <laughs> so I'd go with savannas so I can see what's coming. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. all yeah. of the uh, different kinds of animals you could see hanging out in the savannas. This is so I think true. I, I mean, I know Africa's giant, but I think if I took the time to get there, I'd have to see a little bit of this and a yes. little bit of this. Exactly. If possible. Yeah. That's why yeah. it's like, oh, man, what if you could only pick one of these one, amazing things? Like, how do you choose with all of so the amazingness? Question. It is. What would you pick? I love the savannas. I mean, first of all, it's I lived in Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of is I know this is named after a much more 
epic place. <laughs> I just think of the African savannas. I also it's whenever we go to a zoo, it is usually my favorite mm-hmm. part because it's the elephants and the giraffes and you know lions. It's the lions mm-hmm. and the cheetah and it's just like I love all of the savanna animals that mm-hmm. are out there. Um, I just uh, um, I, it's one of those things where that's where I'd really want to like spend some time if I could only go to one. One you're gonna say area. jungle though, because you're. Are, you don't do well with the sun. No, I don't do well with the sun. You have to I would have a little tree in this. fully covered with like SPF I mean, three thousand. I guess you wouldn't be in the desert. You could probably find something. You right. have to have one of those sun umbrellas. Oh, it'd mm-hmm. be it would be bad, but I would just basically be like, I'm gonna be hurting, but it's worth <laughs> it. Like, there's no way I'd come out of it without being a fried lobster, basically. But it would be great. I would, probably, I would find a way to be sunburnt in the jungle, too. <laughs> there, if I'm outside, I got yeah. sunburnt in a car because yeah. the sunroof uh, mm. wasn't tinted and I got burnt through the sunroof on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. I'm very cursed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you, you figure out? fair skin. I do. I'm just yeah. pasty. I'm albino with a hint of pink. <laughs> <laughs> They grow in the Arabian Peninsula and the deserts of Africa. Oh, look at that. Wide distribution. Okay. The desert roses. Yeah. That and I have that. About. I have odd. that in my <laughs> plants. It's not. In my plant spreadsheet. Oh, your plant spreadsheet. Ooh. Have you met Bonnie? Because <laughs> I need to know where the plants Ooh. that I'm growing come from. You have a spreadsheet from. too, don't you? I, uh, it doesn't get that. It's just like, you know, when to start them in my own little garden. Oh. I yeah, haven't this... gotten into that. This is for my the house plants, so I know where they've come from, so that I can try to somewhat mimic mm. the environment that they're used Look to. But it's kind of hard to do in a house, Full which <laughs> kind of hard to do in your house, which is generally dry in the winter and yeah, moistish in the summer. So this is true. And Indiana, it's always unpredictable as well. Yeah. So ew. But so, my desert roses huh. spend most of their time out in the great desert of Noblesville. Do they now? <laughs> it's amazing. I wonder if there's a pin somewhere on Google. Where you could stop by and watch them bloom in the summertime. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, those Did couple of days. Good. I believe it's like three days? No, a no day? those ones were blooming for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, I no. remember there was one that was a day. And it was, everybody come look at the plant that's blooming. And I'm like, oh my god. And we I did. I love it. <laughs> Do the... like, oh my god, I love it. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Did the... Uh... The Great Desert of Noblesville, did it get moved inside? Is there a dome? Or can um, they just be out so in the winter? So, some of them have to come inside because they're not cold hardy. Mm-hmm. Other ones are cold hardy enough, and so they stay outside. There's one that I have that's uh, an agave that I put a dome over mm. because it gets too wet in the winter. Because mm. our winters are so damp mm-hmm. and moist. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. last year it almost died because I didn't oh. have a dome over it, but... This year it seems to be doing much better. Now you have a dome. Yeah. Dome. Look at that. Biodome. <laughs> yep. It's not that big. It's yeah. It's like a cloche, basically. It is a cloche. It's, it is. It is actually a cloche. So it's glass <laughs> cloche. Sweet. That's Do you guys want to hear about my gal? Yeah! Yay! Awesome! Is she uh, a plant? Yeah, do they No! Plants? Nothing to do with plants! Welcome back to Plant Milk. <laughs> exactly. Bonnie and Josh are going to be really disappointed. So, Katie, for Film Club. <laughs> <laughs> so, for Film Club, we're uh, discussing the Viola, uh, Viola Davis movie, The mm. Woman King. That is our oh, pick for yes. Film Club. So the movie, The Woman King, is based on the real-life all-female military regiment uh, that is in the kingdom of Dahomey. Mm. So that is what it is based on. And if you're wondering, 
wait, that sounds a lot like the Dorje Melange from Black Panther. You are 100% mm-hmm. correct. Whoop, whoop. That nice. is where uh, they were inspired from, is the Kingdom of Dahomey. Nice. Um, and so sometimes they are called the Dahomey Warriors. That's how they're... If they're not known as the Dorje Melange, mm-hmm. <laughs> then they're known as the Dahomey. But actually, uh, they uh, named themselves uh, and called themselves the Agoje Warriors. Mm. So when they kind of refer to themselves, they call themselves the Agoje, which is also what is in the Woman King. So the Woman King movie, they call themselves the Agoje as well. So um, I will give you a little map, of, you know, a vocal map that well, not a visual map, but as well as like a time period kind of bearings. So uh, to better kind of get the details of these amazing warrior women who I love. So the kingdom of Dahomey is now what is Benin? Benin? Benin. Benin. There you go. Benin. And Benin is in West Africa. Uh, It's near Niger and uh, Togo. And it's on the the coast. Uh, This area was called Dahomey from the 1600s to 1975. So oldie timeies as well as not so long ago. Um, Now the women, they also have uh, many names and uh, Dahomey is the name of the kingdom that they were in. And that's why they get that nickname. Um, And that is also what Western Europeans called them (laughs) when they saw them. uh, They started calling them the Dahomey. They also started calling them the Dahomey Amazons. Why? Because they were familiar with the Greek Amazons. And they're like, oh, well, they must be Amazons. But Mm -hmm. that is... That is kind of, you know, the colonizer crap that basically has yeah. been uh, named upon them because uh, they were just kind of going with, well, this is somewhat familiar. So we're going to call it of the thing that's familiar. Um, the larger area where they were uh, in West Africa is Fawn. So Fawn is a type of people. It's an ethnic group, but it's also a language. So the Fawn language, uh, the warrior women called themselves Agoji. So that's where it comes from. It comes from the Fawn language. Um, and like I said, it's also in the movie, uh, they called themselves the Agoji, but they were also called the Ahosi, which means the King's wives. Uh, and they were also called the Mino, which means many mothers. I know, right? Exactly. And I didn't know that until I went into this and I was like, oh my goodness, I was meant to like dive in deep with these ladies. Uh, so they were started, the idea of an all-female uh, warrior tribe, group, army, militia, mm-hmm. uh, they were started by the king of Dahomey. So it is possible that it was like a gradual process from king to king to continue this tradition of all women warriors. Um, it also could be a gradual process because there was a tradition of women would go and hunt elephants. Um, and they had a group uh, that would protect elephants. They also had another group of women that would protect the king. So it's possible that these, you know, protecting elephants, protecting the king kind of merged into the Agoje as well mm-hmm. of, uh, of all those sort of things. But it would be Queen Hambig who established a female bodyguard while she ruled the kingdom from 1716 to 1718. Yeah, she she ruled for two years, but it was memorable because Europeans saw her do it. (laughs) (laughs) So she was leading and she had a female bodyguard. And so the Europeans thought it was weird. We got to write this down. And they all lost their mind. They really (laughs) did. They had a hard time understanding how that could even happen. (laughs) 
So why women, right? Why women as bodyguards, as military, as army? Well, the kingdom was engaged in multiple wars and the male population was low. (laughs) So women replaced the men um, for numbers, but also because the king said so. (laughs) So what the king said went and he's like, I would like all women as my army. And they all went, (laughs) okay, we can do that. We're ready for it. No bigs. Uh, so from 1818 to 1858, this is the time of King Getso, uh, Dahomey was put more in focus. There was more resources that was put on it, and it was all about building this army of women. Uh, it really also fell into this structural power and a military power as well. So more women were recruited as soldiers as well. Now, sometimes they were foreign captives, Right. So they were against their will becoming military. Some of them volunteered and also some of them were sent against their will because their husbands or fathers just couldn't deal with them anymore. I mean, I would volunteer as tribute if my husband hi, or father couldn't deal with me anymore. Be like, yeah, I'll join the awfully my army. I'm on this. <laughs> I think I've got some anger I could work out if I'm rejected by, you know, <laughs> Uh, but the Agoje training started as young as eight years old uh, is when they would actually start taking on their military training. Uh, the Agoje were not allowed to have children. No children. Don't even think about it. It's not going to happen. It is not an option for you. Uh, they also were considered to be married to the king. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. the king necessarily had any, you know, access to them because they can't have kids <laughs> mm-hmm. but basically that they are loyal to him and he is loyal to them in this particular site so uh they would not take any aspect of married life so they had no married life responsibilities please tell me what that's like i'm sorry i love you honey sorry my husband's here hi <laughs> <laughs> i bet they felt so free however the training was intense. <laughs> so oh. we got we to gotta weigh this because there's some pros. So I pros. can stay married or I can go to boot camp. There's some pros oh. and cons yeah. with this situation. It is not all sunshines and rainbows, unfortunately. Um, they were taught <laughs> to be indifferent to pain and indifferent to death. Mm. Like those two things they had to basically become numb to completely. So one training exercise was that they had to run into a bush of acacia thorns Like those really thick suckers, they had to run straight into it and out of it. And sometimes they had to retrieve something, but they had to run in and out of it and just take the scrapes and take the being stuck Mm. in it. And it was horrible. Also in the movie, by the way. (laughs) Another thing that they had to do was behead a condemned prisoner. Uh huh. So it was a prisoner who was condemned to death, who has done some horrible things, according to someone, and they had to behead them to prove that they could be take able to be take a life, mm-hmm. deal with death, and okay, be okay with it. Um, uh, they didn't have the best weapons, so we're not saying that this is a, oh. you know what I'm saying. Like this is yeah. not a one and done scenario. Yeah. So like keep that in mind as well of your first. Yeah, exactly. So, but those who rose up the ranks, you know, through the thorns and through all the beheadings and all of the training that they did. There was also uh, archers and gunmen's and lots of different aspects that are within it too. But if you rose within it, uh, you would be rewarded with wealth and status, including setting policy in the kingdom. Hmm. So it was like real power. (laughs) Wasn't too bad, right? 
they lived also in the royal palace with the king. Um, the king's wives and the eunuchs lived within the castle walls. Uh, no men were allowed in the palace walls except for the king uh, once the sun went down. Hmm. So it was, for the most part, all women all the time. <laughs> and these ladies didn't have to worry about married life. So, mm-hmm. woot! So that must have been, you know, very, very nice when there wasn't a war going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at one point, there was 6,000 women in the army. Jeez, right? Exactly. Uh, they were highly visible as well. So not only the numbers, but they like went out there to show their numbers. They wanted everybody to know that the Agoje was there and that they were powerful and that they were not scared of death and they were not scared of being hurt and they were not scared of dying themselves. Think about how so. many women would be like so scared about being beat up by women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you wouldn't even start shit because you... Yeah. You don't want none. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to try to save face after that. And I think that's part of the king's idea, the the intimidation of Mm -hmm. it, of fight my women. You won't fight my women. See what happens. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So there was different regiments. So they all had, uh, the different regiments had different weapons. They also had different skill sets. And they had different uniforms. Nice. I mean, you got to have the different uniforms, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, again, there's some really terrible line drawings done by colonizers that draw mm-hmm. these wonderful different uniforms. But it's the idea, at least we know there's different uniforms. Um, but the regiments, you want to hear the, what the regiments were? Mm-hmm. Yes. Huntresses. Nice. Rifle women. Yeah. Reapers. I just want to know what the Reapers are doing. I was about to ask, what do you guys want to be? Reap people. I think it's the Reaper, like the sickle. Oh, that's okay. what my guess. You know what? It, that's what yeah. draws to mind. That weapon of choice. Maybe Ooh. there's also archers and gunners. Okay. And the gunners are different than the rifle women. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I think it's because it's the Western. They're using. Um, I think they were using French weapons. Could gunners be like cannons? Yeah, yes, it could be cannons exactly. larger or, than the rifles, or some kind of like uh, exploding grenade or something like that, um, cannonball like. So hmm. yeah, no. If you want to choose, huntresses, white rifle women, reapers, archers, and gunners. You know, I mean, reapers um, sounds good. Does sounds it? frightening. Don't fear the mm-hmm. reaper. Exactly. <laughs> but in this case, you do fear the reapers. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm partial to huntress. I kind of. Some reason that like one that. rang out to me too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seems like you could be kind of mm-hmm. sly. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is very true. Um, and so their weapons, uh, and this kind of depended on their regiment as well, would be those Winchester rifles, clubs, and knives. Mm-hmm. Where they're, you know, and archers and bows and stuff like that too. I mean, obviously, if there's archers, there's going to be mm-hmm. archery. Um, also, all the regiments were commanded by women. So it wasn't like, here's 6,000 women and the guys are in charge. No, 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 no. The women are in charge of all of it. <laughs> um, and so they are leading the charge, coming up with the, uh, the I just want to say strategery. I know it's not strategery. <laughs> but if we're talking about wartime, George Coming up with the strategic planning. <laughs> strategery. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they battled with other kingdoms and tribes. Uh, they attacked under the cover of darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cut off people's heads and they brought them back as trophies for the king to show them what a good job they did. I believe he then gave them a gold star. Sorry, I'm just nice. kidding. Yeah. A sticker for their passport. A sticker mm-hmm. for their passport. Yes. Okay. Please don't bring me a severed head. <laughs> There's a special sticker for that. No, there is not. <laughs> Podcast secret. <laughs> exactly. I'm terrified of what it would look like. My God. Um, they would also free captives from the oil empire. 
Uh, but the Agoje would actually enslave their enemies and sell them to Europeans. They're not perfect. I'm just yeah. saying. So uh, they would exchange in the slave trade for more weapons. Mm. That was the way to actually get like those Winchester rifles and those, you know, Western colonized uh, uh, armaments is by selling other people. And they did this until 1852, which is 18 years after the British abolished slavery. So they were doing this for a while. Um, I will say that, you know, America abolished slavery in 1865. So again, we're later after the British. Uh, but the Agoji warriors uh, were warriors for the king. Uh, they were powerful. They did have a certain number of control, but they were also under a very bloody patriarchy. Like it was still very much a male focused society. Um, and it was, uh, you know, the, the king's rule. So their hands were not clean of the slave trade uh, of their fellow Africans at all. Um, and the Agoje also fought the French in two major wars. So unfortunately, they lost both of them. <laughs> I know, right? They suffered lots of casualties. But weirdly, the French were like really impressed with the Agoje. So one of the quotes is incredible courage and audacity. And then a Marine said, neither the cannons nor the canister shot nor the salvo fire stops them. It's really strange to see women so well led, so well disciplined. Ooh. I mean, thanks? Question mark? Yeah. Not sure. uh, <laughs> so the French took over the kingdom of Dahomey in 1894. Uh, and when they took over, the first thing they did was completely dismantle the Agoji. Yeah, mm. no female warriors for you, right? They felt that, uh, the French felt that women shouldn't be warriors. It's not civilized society. Mm. Again, colonizers. <laughs> but yes. Uh, so some women still guarded the king in secret. Uh, so that's kind of very Dorje Melange sort of thing, right? So, uh, so they still would protect. Some of them did actually go get married. Um, some of them became assassins. Nice. Uh huh. Right. And some of them picked fights with their neighbors just because, um, you know, not being a warrior woman anymore is really hard. So <laughs> apparently they were, some of them were causing trouble. <laughs> um, but there was also a touring group. So a touring group would perform dances and battle reenactments at places like the World Columbian Exposition in Chicago. Love it. Yeah, it's really hard because it really did play into racist stereotypes. Uh, but sometimes we know of them because they went to places like Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yay! Cool. It almost makes me think of like a worse version of like Animal Kingdom. Yeah, sure. Where yes. you go there and they've got the fake African town, mm -hmm. but it, it seems like a like a worse, much it's worse, low version. budget, and not nice to the people that you yeah. are showing off as some kind of trophy or oddity in a very weird way. Um, but because of at least not disbanding them and they can't do their dances they can't do their practice they can't do their reenactments probably a lot of it would have been lost to history mm -hmm. so at least it was staying alive in this tour group uh in some fashion and so french colonization uh was also just very terrible in general it was really bad for women's rights uh, women were not allowed in politics and they were barred from election so all of that power that they had was very much stripped from them 
Um, so a Leonard Watchkin, a native Benin and economist at Princeton University, told this to the Washington Post. He said, the French made sure that the history wasn't known. They said that we were backward. They said they needed to civilize us. But they destroyed opportunities for women that existed nowhere else in the world. So this was a real, like, example of, oh, but this is what happens with the power of women. No, no, no. We need to make sure that nobody, like, you know, <laughs> besides a stereotype that that is out there. Um, but the last surviving Agoje woman, uh, is thing to be called Nawai, and she, uh, fought the French in 1892 and died in 1979 over the age of 100. Nice. Right? Uh, but the Agoje traditions actually have survived. So they were kept hidden. Uh, because it was one of those things where it's like, oh, no, no, we're going to keep this on the down low. And they really kind of kept it within the palace walls as well. So when actress Lupita Nyong'o, who was in Black Panther, uh, when she visited Benin, she met a woman who was training other warriors. Nice. Uh, and so she learned as a child and she was continuing the training and she was also continuing the stories so that they were shared with her people uh, in uh, in a authentic way, not in a stereotyped or colonial way. Um so you get the fun pulp culture references like Black Panther mm-hmm. and you get the movie, the women King, the woman King. Um, there's also in Jules Verne, there's a chapter in Robar, the conqueror that actually mentions these women. He calls them the Dahomey Amazons in that. Do you remember that? Cause there's also oh. a Werner Herzog one. Oh, they're in Cobra Verde, by the way. Ooh. All so, right, so now we're having to watch that movie again. Ew. It's been a it's yeah. been a little while since I've seen Cobra Verde. I like Gross. that. Okay, but it does have a mention of yeah. a tribute of the Dahomey or the Agoje. However, uh, yeah. Also, there's a stage play by Lennon Gray. He wrote a stage play called The Dahomey Warriors as well. There's a couple of video games where you can choose to be a Dahomey character. Love it. <laughs> and there is a graphic novel by Rebecca Hall and Hugo Martinez called Wake. The hidden history of women-led slave revolts that include uh, that include them as well. So they're kind of hiding in plain sight, sort of thing. It's like that idea of an all-female uh, military force is not completely foreign, but uh, but I mean, like any military force, it's quite problematic and complex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. Any questions for me on my gloriously Agoje? No, I'm just picturing them in like Age of Empires now. A yeah. Game of just right, like, exactly. Yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> it'd be fun. Exactly. I mean, uh, maybe even Street Fighter. It's they're not <laughs> Street Fighter, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Eight bit version. <laughs> Sweet. Do you want me to close it up? Go for it. Look at that. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week for another African gal is picked to share as the Gals Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. Want to learn about more women of history? Gals Guide opened a unique women's history lending library. Come visit and explore our collection. Learn more at galsguide.org. Thanks for listening.